So it's so exciting to be able to come out and share with you. And we're talking this morning, I've entitled it Taste and See. Taste and See. So write that down. All you note takers out there. Like in Psalm 34, David said, Taste and see that the Lord is good. And so we've got to taste him. We've got to experience him for ourselves. So today we're going to get a little bit experiential. Is that okay? Tell the person next to you, it's going to get experiential around here. That's right. Because, you know, we can't just know about the Lord. We've actually got to know the Lord. You know, Joe Biden, he's the president of the USA. I know a bit about him. I know his name is Joe and his wife is Jill. Joe and Jill went up the hill. It's a bit weird. (laughs) I think he's a Vietnam vet. He lives in a big white house. He's a president of the United States of America. I know a bit about him, but guess what? If I met Joe on the street, Joe would not say hi to me because Joe and I don't actually know each other. I just know a bit about him. How many believers are like that? We know a few facts about the Lord. We know a few Old Testament Bible stories. We've got Moses and the bulrushes down. But do we really know him? How close are we with him? And I like herbal tea. Any other brothers or sisters with me? Herbal tea, come on. One of the, my favorite herbal teas is the rubos. Did I say it right, all the South Africans? Okay, I failed. Okay. You've got to roll the R. Rubos. Anyway, I just call it red bush. Is that okay? Red bush tea. Now, if you have never, ever tasted rubos, and I try and tell you what it's like. I'm like, you've got to try it. It's so amazing. It, well, it's, and they're like, well, what's it like? And I'm like, well, it's sort of different and it's sort of like red bush. It's like rooibos. And I can't explain it. I just say you've got to taste it and see for yourself. So we just have to taste and see that the Lord is good. We've got to try him for ourselves. We've got to know him and not just know about him. Like I know about Joe Biden, but I don't know him. We've got to know the Lord. And Matthew, uh, in Matthew 25, 12, Jesus said to a bunch of people who are trying to get into the kingdom in the parable of the 10 bridesmaids, he said, get away from me. I don't know you. And this word know, I think it's also in Ephesians 2, I think, when it talks about knowing the Lord, it's gnosko, if I'm saying it correctly in the Greek. And it's an experiential knowing. It's not just knowing up here, but a few facts. It's actually knowing as an experience. So we've got to taste and see and know the Lord. We've got to get to know him. And I have got a little prop here with me today. This is a little bit of oil. I carry it in my handbag at all times, so I'm prepared. Once I didn't have any, and I had to anoint someone with argan oil hair product. But hey, it still worked. (laughs) So in the Bible, oil is one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. And when you anoint someone with oil, it's like a symbol of putting the Holy Spirit on them. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is invisible because God's invisible. It's a spiritual thing. But it is noticeable. It is perceivable. It is tangible like smell, like the wind. Let's go with the smell one for now. You can notice and smell someone's fragrance when they walk into a room. Some people wear just too much. You can really notice it. In fact, you notice it before they even before you see them. Once I was running along the beach and there was this guy walking towards me and I was almost knocked over by the power of his cologne. And he was wearing more aftershave than any man had any right to wear. 
And I felt like saying, subtle, bro, subtle. The word of the Lord for you is subtle. But anyway, the anointing is noticeable like fragrance. And the anointing oil in Bible times did have a beautiful fragrance. And nowadays, we actually use the term the anointing a bit more as a noun, meaning the touch of the Holy Spirit, the power of God upon a person's life. So if someone goes, that guy's got a strong anointing, what they mean is that guy has a strong touch of the Holy Spirit on his life. Now, we can't see the anointing, but we can feel it. We can notice it. When someone carries a strong anointing, their words, when they sing or preach or speak, can even make someone weep. And there's nothing more tragic than when people who don't have much anointing try and force one or when the touch of God just isn't there. Have you ever traveled to hear um, what was purported to be a great preacher or Bible teacher at a conference only to be disappointed when you got there because there's zero anointing? I have. It's like there's an empty shell with only knowledge on the inside. And they have facts and heaps of information, but they're lifeless. It's like they're walking and talking, but their words are dead. We've got to taste and see that the Lord is good. We've got to know him and carry his presence and anointing for ourselves. The anointing or to anoint, this word, is referred to 165 times in Scripture. All through the Bible, both Old and New Testament, they anointed people with oil to set them apart for service for the Lord. Sometimes they'd also do it for healing. One of the titles of Jesus is the anointed one. Christ is not just Jesus' last name. It is his title, Christ the anointed one. So here's our first Scripture, Acts 10.38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. This phrase, the Holy Spirit and power, is all through the New Testament. Every time I see it, mostly in Acts, I underline it, the Holy Spirit and power. This is what we're meant to be walking in, the Holy Spirit and power. Not only was Jesus anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and power, we, his disciples, have been too. Any disciples of Jesus in the room today? Yes, thank you. That's great to hear. Since Jesus ascended back up to heaven, the Holy Spirit was sent down 10 days later. And now the Holy Spirit is God here on the earth. And God is still moving on planet earth today, as he did back then through the apostles, doing signs, wonders, healings, preaching the gospel, all by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God wants to anoint you and I afresh today with the Holy Spirit and power. And we want to get the oil of the Holy Spirit on you in a new way today. We want to consecrate you for service in the kingdom of God in 2023. So you can go out and be the pastor in your office, in your classroom, in your work site. So we've made time to do that today here at 10 minutes at the end. We're going to anoint every person in the building with oil. Just a little dab, it's okay, we won't have an outbreak of zits, you'll just have a little bit on your head as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. We're going to lay hands on you and pray over you and prophesy over you. And we've asked a few leaders to come prayed up and ready to do this. We like to do this at the start of every year in all four of our services. I know it's March now, but we're getting there. And um, you might be thinking, well, that's weird, they didn't do that in my last church. Well, it would be good for you to have a new experience with the Holy Spirit then. And if they did it in the Bible, then we are into it. Now, the New Testament talks about the act of anointing in at least nine different occasions. Jesus anointed a dude with mud on his blind eyes and he was healed. Mary anointed Jesus' feet with oil, prophetically for his burial. The disciples anointed sick people with oil when Jesus sent out the 12. And James tells us in the book of James, if we're sick, call for the elders. Come and anoint us with oil for healing. 
And in the Old Testament, there's a lot about the anointing. There was a sacred anointing oil that the priests made and they would use. Now today, this is just normal oil. It's nothing magic about it. And it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And when we lay hands on each other, the power of the Holy Spirit flows from one person into the other like electricity. This is why there's a New Testament doctrine in our Bible of laying on of hands. Because the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit is transferable like electricity. In the Bible, they used oil for many things. They would use it like moisturizer and a bit like hair products, like we still do today. They would also use oil to pour on the head of someone to set them apart for a particular holy mission or calling like Samuel the prophet did to David. So to anoint is a verb meaning to smear. And the anointing is referring to the Lord putting the oil of the Holy Spirit on us. And we need this to happen to us afresh regularly because we can all get stale in our walk with God, can't we? And we need to keep having new experiences with the Holy Spirit, not just be like, yeah, I got the Holy Spirit back at youth camp in 94. No, we need to keep having new, fresh infillings and baptisms of the Spirit and getting under that waterfall of the Holy Ghost all the time. Here's another verse. Old Testament, Psalm 92, verse 10b says, I have been anointed with fresh oil. So I'm here today to tell you that you need a new, a fresh anointing on your life. Maybe you've had an anointing in the past. Good. But today you need a fresh new one. You need more. Well, how much more? Well, more than before. We need to each keep growing constantly in this area. Who remembers that old song, Anoint Me With Fresh Oil? Did you know Pastor Phil Pringle wrote that? I just found that out the other day, who leads our movement. Isn't that amazing? Anyway, if, even if you already carry a strong anointing, it needs to be always increasing and always being refreshed and renewed. But we like, we like the old stuff. Jesus talked about this. Oh, people like the old wine better than the new wine. And as people, we like nostalgia. We like old songs. But the Bible says sing a new song. And the Bible says... We've been anointed with fresh oil. So we have to keep moving and growing out of our comfort zones into new relationships, experiences, and fresh anointings with the Lord. Now, in Bible times, they would anoint themselves with oil afresh daily. They didn't have running water in their houses, and they didn't have any deodorant or um, underarm. There was no, like, underarm or brute or exit mold or anything like that. Do we have any brute men here today? No brute men? What about um, my my granddad was an Old Spice man. Any Old Spice guys here today? <laughs> we used to call it Old Mice. Anyway, old oil loses its fragrance and it actually starts to blend in with our own perspiration, which after a while does not smell so good. We need to keep getting more of the Holy Spirit's anointing regularly on us so it's fresh and new. Otherwise, the aroma of our own flesh the flesh starts to take over. We need fresh oil daily. We can't live out of what God did yesterday. We need to be living out of a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, a today relationship with Him. We need to have a now walk with the Lord, not a historical walk. One of the books I've been rereading was Benny Hinn's The Anointing. Other great works on this subject. Brent Douglas has got a great book called Increasing the Anointing. I've got it if you want to borrow it. Also, Pastor Phil, Moving in the Spirit is a classic Benny Hinn, he said, you can't operate on past glory trying to survive on yesterday's oil. 
God's reservoir never runs dry, so don't become stagnant. Invite the oil of the Holy Spirit to pour over you, renewing and refreshing you. We're going to do just that soon. We're going to invite him, the fresh oil of the Holy Spirit, to pour over us. Now, here's a few things about oil. Did you know that old oil loses its viscosity, its density, its thickness, and it actually becomes unable after time to withstand heat and pressure well? And often oil is put on an engine or a machine to reduce friction and stress. But the old oil loses its ability to reduce friction and stress. It just needs replacing. Oil in your car, after time, needs replacing, doesn't it? Even the oil in the atrium's deep fryer that does your chips, after time, needs replacing. So too, the oil of the Holy Spirit on us, on our lives, needs to be frequently refreshed and replenished. We need this to happen regularly. We can't just keep going on the same oil forever. We need to keep putting ourselves under the waterfall of the Holy Spirit on that altar call in church, in prayer at home, in worship, in that freedom prayer, on that seeking God retreat, in that prayer meeting, putting ourselves under the waterfall of the Holy Spirit. Here's another thing about oil. Did you know that oil evaporates eventually if it is not replenished regularly? It will actually eventually disappear. We must never neglect the oil of the Holy Spirit. We must invite the oil of the Holy Spirit to refresh us by spending time with Him. The anointing remains on us as we continue to walk and talk with Him. Another thing about oil is that oil can leak if there is a hole in the vessel that's holding it. And even if this hole is tiny, teeny-weeny, and undetectable to the naked eye, if there's any blemish in that vessel, if there's any impurity, it's like the oil finds it, that weakness, and leaks out that teeny hole. So for us, we need to keep short accounts with God and others, and not allow bitterness or unforgiveness to creep in and create a hole in the vessel of our spirit. And having a freedom prayer really helps in receiving healing in ourselves, and so we can hear the Lord afresh. So as vessels, we are sound and whole, ready to carry the oil of the Holy Spirit. Hands up if you've had a freedom prayer. I've had five, so amazing. If you haven't put your hand up, I really encourage you to have one. It doesn't cost anything, just an hour or maybe an hour and a half of your time. Register through the website or you can phone or email the office. So we've got to be ready to carry the oil of the Holy Spirit. Now, I've written down some benefits to having the oil of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You can write them down if you want. Number one, oil moisturizes. It moisturizes. In Bible times, they would keep wine in a wineskin. It was leather. It was made of like an old animal hide. An old wineskin could get dry and brittle, and then it could even snap or break. But by rubbing oil into it, it made the wineskin flexible and usable and useful again. And we could do with a bit of that, couldn't we? And also they would put oil on their skin, like in Psalm 104, it talks about oil to make his face shine. You know, they needed oil just like we do now. They weren't quite as Botox back then as we are now. Some people are so Botox, it's hard to tell if they're happy or sad. Bit of dribble coming out the side of their mouth. Anyway, without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, our wineskin, our spirit can get dry and brittle. 
we can become sensitive and easily hurt and break and snap easily. But when the anointing is on us and it's rubbed into us, we can easily shed unwanted old bad attitudes like water off a duck's back. So it's number one, oil moisturizers. Number two, oil lubricates. Oil prevents friction when two elements are moving against each other like in machinery or in engines. And us too, when there's more than one of us, when we're working together, we need the anointing to avoid friction so we don't damage each other. Any married people here? Oh, we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our marriages, don't we? We need the smoothness or the oil of the Holy Spirit in our marriages, also in our families, with our kids and our parents, also in our ministry teams, also at work, in our office, in our work teams, in any relationships. We need the oil of the Holy Spirit to lubricate, to stop friction. Number three, lastly, oil burns. Oil moisturizes, oil lubricates, oil burns. Our spirit, Pastor Phil Pringle uses this analogy, that our spirit is like an old oil lamp, like one of those kerosene lamps that you light with a match pre-electricity or when the power goes out in a cyclone. (laughs) As long as there is oil, that lamp will burn. As long as we have oil, the lamp of our spirit shines bright because the oil of the Holy Spirit is the fuel that keeps us shining. The oil is a fuel that is actually burning. The oil's burning, we're not. But if we run out of oil, what happens is the wick of the lamp starts to burn. That's when we start burning instead of the oil because we run out of oil. And this is when burnout can happen. But if we have an abundance of oil, we don't burn out because the oil's burning, not us. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that keeps us burning for Jesus and shining his love. It's the anointing oil that fuels us and keeps us shining bright no matter what. So don't ever allow the anointing to run low in your life. If you ever notice that you and your wick is starting to burn, then you need to get some more anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life right then and there. Don't let yourself run low. Keep topped up, full to overflowing with the oil of the Holy Spirit because this anointing is a fuel that we Christians are designed to run on. And if we run out of it, we're running on empty. Are you ready for me to ask you a deeply personal question today? Here we go. How is your oil level today? Have a look on the gauge of the dashboard of your spirit. We run out of anointing oil when we don't take the time to replenish it. How do we replenish the anointing? Three main ways. Number one, speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. So many believers can do this but choose not to. That's a big waste of time. We wouldn't baptize in the Holy Spirit to put it on the mantelpiece like some ornament from back in the day at youth camp in 94. It was given to us to use every day to build up our spirit. So that's really important that you get a tongues habit in your life. Number one, speak in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. Your moment is coming very soon when we lay hands on you and anoint you with oil. We're going to ask everybody, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit yet? And if you're not, that is your moment right there. So that was the first main way. The second main way is praise and worship. How beautiful is our worship with Ash and Charlotte and Joe this morning? Man, I could feel the presence of God. But don't let that be the only worship you have all week. It's a bit sad if the only praise and worship we have is just 25 minutes on a Sunday morning. 
We need to have the praise and worship on our phones, on our car, radio, stereos, playing all the time, reminding us to sing to the Lord. It's really important. And number three, prayer. Waiting on God in prayer. Speaking and praying in tongues, praise and worship and prayer. We need to work these three practices, these things into our lives as daily habits because they replenish the anointing. Without the anointing, we are trying to do a supernatural task without the supernatural enabling. We're fighting a supernatural enemy without supernatural power. Many Christians run out of fuel, the anointing, and then they get desperate. Oh, no, I've run out of anointing. They try and get the pastor on speed dial, and they try and grab any fuel they can find to help them feel good again. The fuel of wrong relationships, the fuel of gaming, the fuel of Netflix, the fuel of the internet, social media, Insta, TikTok, even the fuel of drugs and alcohol. But we were never designed to run on these fuels that don't work. <laughs> Why would we think that these fuels would work for us? We already tried that back in our past life when we were in the world. It didn't work then and it won't work now. We were designed by God to run on his pure fuel, the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit. And our spirit is like an engine and it runs smooth when it's got his oil on it. But when it hasn't had any oil for a while, it can start to seize up. Everything flows better with more oil. And when we carry more of the anointing of the Holy Ghost on our lives than before, it shows because we're spiritually stronger than we used to be. We can carry more than we used to be able to. Things that used to weary us no longer weary us. We are more than equal to tasks that we used to fear and dread. Things at work used to seem daunting to you. Now nothing. You can eat them for breakfast because you've got the power of the Holy Ghost on you. My last scripture is Isaiah 10, 27. This is sort of a combination of King James and New King James. It says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder, his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. You know, the yokes that oppressive wooden beam that was placed on the shoulders of oxen to force them to work together. It's often a symbol of an analogy of oppression by the enemy. And the context of this whole chapter, Isaiah 10, is the future judgment of the Antichrist. So this yoke is a demonic one. So the good news is that the anointing breaks the power of the devil. It destroys every yoke, every burden that the enemy would try and put on us. Burdens of debt, if the bank would come, please. Burdens of disease, pain. Burdens of relationship breakdown. The anointing breaks the power of these over our lives. Now, the New Testament is written in Greek, and it's the word is charisma, which means to smear, charisma. And in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, the word to anoint is mashak, to rub in. So the word anointing needs to be smeared on us and rubbed in. And this word anointing in the King James Bible is often translated unction. Who remembers unction reading the King James? But do you know in the NIV, in this scripture right here, the word anointing is translated fat. The yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. It's okay, we're talking about spiritual fatness here, not physical, so relax. But it's actually referring to how the anointing makes us enlarge. The anointing makes us grow bigger than any yoke the devil tries to put on our backs. The anointing makes us grow bigger and stronger so we get bigger under it. And that burden, that yoke just snaps right off in Jesus' name.
bigger than anything the devil tries to put on us. Jesus wants all His people to carry a strong anointing of the Holy Spirit, not just Don McDonnell and other visiting speakers, not just Benny Hinn and Phil Pringle. God has no favourites. All you have to do is want Him. We've got to want Him in the day. We've got to want Him in the night. When I spend time with the Lord, like you do, I like to just get alone with God in my lounge or people at home in our room. Shut the door. I just walk around and pray in tongues. Let that fresh anointing get on me. And then after a while, I stand in the corner because remember, the corner's good. If the power of God comes on you, the walls will catch you because there's no catcher there and you're quiet. And um, so I let the power of God come on me in the day. But do you know what? About six months ago, the power of God came on me at night when I was asleep and it woke me up. It was so strong. I've never had that happen before. I'm just lying there in bed. And then these waves, it was intense, coming on me like sound waves. I felt like sound waves were bouncing off me, but it was the power of God. It woke me up and I'm like, whoa, Lord, what's going on? This is good. I have a bit more of this. Pastor Phil Pringle says, in his book, Moving in the Spirit, to wait patiently on the Lord is vital to receiving the anointing. The price we must pay is time. There are no shortcuts. So I wanna ask you today, are you willing to pay that price? Beyond today, when we put oil on you, that's just the beginning. Are you ready to pay that, pay that price in your daily life to wait on the Lord? Let today be the beginning of some new habits or, or maybe a strengthening and a lengthening of these habits of daily praying in tongues, praising and worshipping God and being in prayer. Are you ready to receive a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit right now? Let's stand, shall we? Let's lift our hands to Him to show We're putting our hands out, ready to receive. We're ready. Father, we pray right now the power of the Holy Spirit would come on us afresh with your fresh anointing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father.